Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, I survived another international fight week. I don't know how, but it somehow pulled it off. Yeah, so it looks like, I mean, obviously, uh, we mentioned it before in the podcast, uh, that something you and I uh, used to frequent regularly, you more so than me. I haven't been to the last two or three, but you definitely have. So it looks like the worst thing that happened as far as like that week being cursed was the, the earthquake. Uh, two <laughs> everything all right? Two yeah, of them. Yeah. Two earthquakes. Uh, yeah. I mean, being from California here, I'm used to it. So I wrote them out. I got to admit the first one was a little bit hairy. Uh, happened on 4th of July morning. I'd had a beer in the morning about nine o'clock, watched the hot dog eating contest. Uh, Joy Chestnut won his 12th uh, mustard title. And then uh, jumped in the shower to get ready to head out. And I'm in the shower, and all of a sudden it starts swaying about six inches to the right and left. I was on the 17th floor of my hotel. Wow. Uh, quickly started thinking, man, that was either a strongest uh, Heineken I've ever drank in my life, or or we're having an earthquake. And uh, got you know got out of the shower, and the person I was staying with, same thing, He's looking around, going, what the hell's going on? So that was wild just being up on the on the high floor and then how, how dare you drink heineken and say you know me yeah i know <laughs> fortunately the the heavy stuff ain't, ain't drinking all these days uh yeah. so but neither here nor there but then the uh so then the second one hit uh a couple nights later the, or well the next night actually at the uh ufc hall of fame and sitting in there watching rashad evans give his speech and again i, I think just being in so many earthquakes in my life, I kind of felt it starting and uh, tapped John Lucas, who's, who's been on the show a few times, the, the doc, and I go, hey, we're having another earthquake. And all of a sudden it just started, you know, shaking back and forth. And it was it was a good one. It lasted probably a good, I mean, you, it, always, it always seems like it lasts longer than it actually did, but I'd have to say it lasts at least 10 to 15 seconds. And oh, for wow. an earthquake, that's pretty solid. I mean, the rafters were shaking, uh, the, the banners on the stage were shaking. So it was... Uh, it was one of those things. I, um, I, I know people that aren't used to them, uh, obviously are, are more afraid of them. I've gotten used to it and, and people think, oh, get, I want to get out of here and stuff. The way the buildings are built anywhere east of the Mississippi, they're, they're made, they're not going to collapse. If they come collapsing down on you, there's no safety running outside. That means the streets opening up. That means the, the light towers are falling and, and bricks are falling off buildings and stuff like that. So you just got to kind of ride them out. But it's, it was definitely a, an interesting experience. I know the NBA Summer League down the street canceled their game. Uh, that was a little different, though, because I know they had the big scoreboard at UNLV that was swinging. You know, they said it was swinging like several feet right and left above this, the above the, the floor. So I can see that being a little bit more nerve wracking. Yeah. But uh, yeah, other than that, it was it was a fun week. Yeah, I was worried because I was so, you know, me, because I always, I, when I get used to jinxed events like Fight Week and, and any UFC card in Barclays, I, I get all, you know, I get all conspiracy theorists. So as soon as the, the second one happened during the ceremony, I was just like, man, I hope that there's no structural damage to the T-Mobile arena that they wind up canceling the event. But uh, obviously that didn't happen. Um so you, you uh, international fight week. You made the uh, you made the fighters only awards too, right? 
Yep, dressed up, went to that. I, I don't get uh, I don't get dressed up in a suit very often, but got to enjoy doing that. Um, that was fun. Uh, probably, you know, the events are always cool, but that was the highlight of the week probably for me, just seeing everybody out and about, dressed up, and uh, just having a good time. I mean, I, obviously, anybody who's followed my stuff knows that I've met the fighters a million times, but seeing them not in their fighting gear or, you know, everybody in suits, the, the women all in dresses. And it was cool. It was, it was just a fun atmosphere. Um, got a ton of pictures there. Uh, and then the award show was fun. It had some, uh, had some funny moments, some, some vignettes. I don't know if you've seen them online. Uh, ben Askren doing a baby shark video. And then uh, they had uh, Dan Henderson doing a fake commercial called my KO pillow. I did see that. You know, so just some some light stuff like that, and and again, like I said, just kind of seeing all the fighters uh, letting their hair down and, and having a good time. Um, so, I uh, no, go uh, ahead. Uh, I was just gonna go through a couple of the awards. Uh, it hasn't aired. I think it airs this weekend. A um, couple of awards of note: the Breakthrough Fight of the Year or Fighter of the Year was uh, Israel Adesanya. Mm. Uh, I think that was a pretty cut and dry one. Uh, yeah. Knocked. Knockout of the year went to Amanda Nunes over Chris Cyborg. Mm. Uh, Amanda actually cleaned up. She got knockout of the year, upset of the year, and female fighter of the year. Nice. So she was she was the big winner that night. Uh, male fighter of the year, Daniel Cormier. She kicked ass that week. Now you think? Now you mention it. Oh she yeah, got, she was <laughs> all fired up. Her, <laughs> yeah, her yeah. And stuff. She talked about yeah. not wanting to retire because she uh, she. You know, getting the awards and stuff kind of kind of lit her fire up again, and, and it just wants to keep her going. A um, couple other quick notes: uh, Coach of the Year, Mike Brown, uh, and, and well Jim of the Year was ATT. Yeah. So um, yeah. obviously they're kicking ass. And um, the upset of the award, almost which, foreshadowing, yeah, which shocked me was the International Fighter of the Year was Ang La Sang from uh, the light heavyweight and middleweight champion from One FC. Mm. So that was kind of weird. Uh, I mean, he beat out Khabib. He beat out, uh, I think, Adesanya was on, on there. So that was uh, that was interesting to see him on there. And Angela Lee actually got the comeback of the year, too, for uh, for her car accident earlier in the year and coming back and fighting a few months later. So you know, one definitely had a, had some voters coming in. So, yeah, uh, that was that was that was cool to see because it was definitely unexpected. Um, also, fight of the year, Anthony Pettis, Tony Ferguson. Mm. Which yeah, you know what's about. what's good about that is that we, you know we get to vote. People like myself, I mean fans, you, you, you know what I mean. Like like every like those, those those awards are legit. Sometimes you know they go they go to the old reliables, which I'm kind of like. There's other deserving folks for um, for certain nominations, but um, yeah, man. I mean I mean all those I can't I can't argue with any of those winning, especially Amanda. And uh, and the Mike Brown and looking at how the, obviously how the the big fight of the week played out, but um, so overall, uh, as far as your international fight week experience, is it is it still worth me making the trip out there, or was it still like kind of like meh? Well, I, I mean, I I did everything. Uh, if 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 the fighters awards are a part of it, I would say if if I mean you know. You know I'm different. I like to really meet the fighters and stuff. If it's yeah. something that you're into, and you can get tickets to it, or I know they per- they had some available for sale this year, I would say that that's a go-to for for a fight fan that wants to interact with the fighters. Uh, let's see. The, so Thursday then was the Fourth of July. There wasn't really anything going on that day fight related. Friday, um, I didn't go to the expo in the morning. Uh, mm. That was actually turned out to be a joke. 
uh, as as they just can't seem to get out of their way. You had to have the app to get an autograph session. Uh, they were supposed to email out at noon Pacific time. Pulled over on the freeway on my drive to Vegas at noon. Didn't get an email. Received an email about an hour later as I'm pulling into Vegas. Went on there and within one second I was already told I could go but I couldn't bring a guest. And nobody else in my car uh, could register from it. And everybody I talked to was blocked out of it within a matter of seconds. So wow. either they sent out emails late to some people, or which would have been everybody I knew out there, or they, you know, shit the bed on it. To, to put in, in so a, in a, is it just is it just that like autograph sessions and that's it? It's not it's not like something like I'm used to jujitsu tournaments and stuff going on. And, and no, no, no. It was a, it was a single tent. So so Friday I didn't go to it. Um, Saturday morning uh, I actually ended up going to the Godsmack concert Friday night. So Saturday morning after about four hours sleep, I said I, I was able to register for Saturday morning. Hmm. Just uh, so I went down there early Saturday morning, got there about eight thirty, uh, about nine o'clock, I would say eight thirty, nine o'clock and got in. And it was it was just the size of a tent. Um, so it was a tent. They had the stage where they had the autograph signings, but it's not like traditional where you have individuals, you just get in line and you go down the line of them. Oh, so once God. I got I got in the line and I was actually in pretty good position. And then they came out and they go, hey, we only have one rule, um, one autograph thing per person. So I'm going, okay, cool. And then the guy goes, oh, well, and our other rules, you can't take photos. And I'm just not eight by 10 signed things to stand in line for an hour. It just wasn't my thing. There were some people I would have liked to get photos with and shake hands, but yeah. uh, I jumped out of the line. You know, my buddy said, screw it, we're out of here. Uh, it was just it wasn't worth our time uh considering who was up at the at the podium really that time um they had some meeting greet stuff around there but it was just the times were scattered out and it wasn't it just wasn't yeah sounds it like wasn't it. it wasn't really worth the time it wasn't worth the time for somebody that's been through and seen what i have and what you've done and yeah. if you've been to a lot of events and you've had the opportunity to meet people uh if you've never done it then i would say do your best to do it if, if meat fighters is something that's not possible for you in, in, in any other situation but um, Friday so the back to Friday went to the press conference Shame. <laughs> um, yeah the press conference was fun uh, Khabib Poirier uh, who was the, oh uh, Whitaker and Adesanya were the ones that were really going back and forth mm-hmm. and then that rolled into the weigh-ins and, and the weigh-ins were the, the non-traditional just or the you know the I don't, they're they're not the live weigh-ins. They're the, it's just the ceremonial. Show. Yeah, yeah. Ceremonial. There you go. So that was that. Then that rolled into so it went from press conference to weigh-in, and then had about an hour break, and then that we I rolled over to the Hall of Fame. So the Hall of Fame was across town at the Pearl, uh, same where, place where they had the MMA awards. Got to the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame was cool. Um, couple disappointments. Rich Franklin wasn't there. So when you're got basically three people you're inducting plus the fight of the year and one of them's not able to be there that was disappointing and for me it was the old school fighter that wasn't there so that kind of sucked mm-hmm. uh, he, he did a little speech on the on videotape but i not, saw that yeah there was no, you know no stories or anything like that that i was i was hoping to hear some of the the you know stuff on the from coming up through the, the ranks in, in the united states uh the grassroots fights and stuff so that was disappointing the other thing was that there was very few fighters there. The floor, which was reserved for, I would assume, Zufa Guess, or, well, whatever we want to call him now. Endeavor. Endeavor. <laughs> yeah. Zufa, UFC Guess, um, was probably about half full. 
So it was really, by the time Michael Bisping came out, the only two fighters that, and there was probably more, um, but the only two that I could tell were there were Israel Adesanya, who never left his seat and actually seemed to really be into it, and Angela KGB Lee. They were the only two fighters that seemed to, that they waited through the whole the whole thing for, for the end. So uh, that was a little disappointing. Um, I don't I don't know if I'd ever do the Hall of Fame again unless it was really a fighter that was somebody, you know, I don't know off the top of my head who, if they put in Fedor, obviously, if they put in uh, some of the pride guys, that might change it. Um, Anderson Silva, stuff like that. Uh, that would be cool, but until something like that, uh, I probably would. If the UFC and their people aren't going to take it all that seriously, it's hard for me as a fan to want to do it. It was only twenty bucks, but it was about three hours, two and a half hours of. Uh, it used to was, be part of the damn fan expo, like you, exactly. Like, it used to be part of the fan expo, and twenty dollars for. I, I don't know why they they've strayed from that. So, so that that ended about nine forty five, and then headed again across town to the concert which started about 10 30 ended about 1 32 in the morning and then i went to the thing the saturday morning went to the expo ended up coming back getting the bars and then it was time for the the fight it was time for the big event ufc 239 and uh that was uh lived up to it um yeah i mean i i have my typical nosebleed seats up top but i was i was dead center Hey, I saw your photos. I mean, they, they actually weren't bad seats, man. I no, I mean, they're, were... they're my favorite seats. I would have preferred to be like front row. I think I was row six or seven. So yeah. I was up a little bit, but I was dead, dead nut center. And I've always said that those are my, my favorite view to have for the fight. So yeah. um, if I could pick and, and uh, I mean, the tickets weren't cheap, uh, but they were also, uh, you know, about $150 cheaper than just being able to drop down to the lower bowl and sit in the corner. So that was that was it but i mean i enjoyed the fights start to finish uh, i thought all the fights were, were really exciting um yeah i actually hit a nice little parlay early on um with <laughs> julia Avila. hit the chance yeah. uh ren counter uh upset on a parlay and and that uh that kicked off so won a couple hundred bucks on that and i didn't win jack shit i'll yeah, tell you right now pretty did well uh but there was a lot of violence um you want to know what you want to hear a funny soft story? So, I mean, obviously we're going to get to it, but uh, I mean, really quick. I uh, I was walking around. So I had a busy Saturday, which was the day of the event. Um, my academy and, um, you know, we're all uh, under Kurt Pellegrino, who's a UFC veteran. Um, he's a black belt under Marcelo, and we're me and my instructor are black belts under him. And, um, uh, so we merged all of the Jersey academies that, that Pellegrino has black belts running schools. So it's called a, a, a Legion Jiu-Jitsu in New Jersey now. And um, so we had a big barbecue to get everybody together. We train together and stuff. And um, But running around for that, that's like halfway to Atlantic City where I went. And uh, running around for that, I, uh, I the whole time in my head, I'm like, I got to put money on Masvidal before I, uh, before, <laughs> before I, I start running around. And for some reason I thought I did it and then when I finally sat down in the evening and you know what we're going to talk about happened I realized I hadn't placed the bet so, <laughs> so yeah that's tough uh, yeah before we get to that one a couple of notables <laughs> on the prelims uh, Yudong Song huge KO knockout over Alejandro Perez uh, moves to 15 and 4 and seems like and he's only 21 years old um, huge I mean just devastating knockout 
when that happened, I thought that would actually be the knockout of the night. I didn't see that getting beat. Um, yeah. That wouldn't be correct, though. Uh, also on the prelims, Claudia Gadelia uh, picks up a big win over Random Marcos. Not the most exciting fight. Probably one of the slower fights of the evening. Um, yeah. She commented on it afterward because I know folks were booing or whatever. But, um, you know, I mean, they got it. I always think fighters deserve some type of respect when they, they do something different in their camp to try to change the way that they fight. And that that's obviously what she did. It might have been might not have been the most exciting thing, but I mean, I, I still respect what she's doing. Well, she did what she had to do to win. Yeah. The only, she wasn't gonna lo- uh, Marcos wasn't gonna beat her standing up. The only way Marcos was gonna beat her is if she beat her in a scramble, got a good position on the ground, and, and was able to work some kind of submission or or, or do some damage down there. So she yeah. did what she had to do to win. She won thirty twenty seven, uh, I believe, on all three cards. Um, Arnold Allen pretty much dismantled Gilbert Melendez. Melendez really fighting out of his out of his class at this point. Um, yeah, that was, that was hard to see. So during that fight, actually, since you were there, were you able to see any of the, the side nonsense going on with Khabib and Ali and all those guys? I was up at the time when I came back to my seat that pe- uh, the people around me mentioned it, so I didn't actually see it. Uh, you're yeah, always I mean, running around in the arena. What's wrong with you? Always running around the arena. Not for nothing. That's how I met you. So I'm glad you did. Uh, no, I gotta. Uh, <laughs> I gotta get up and move around a little bit. I mean, we're talking. When you're there before, you know, 30 minutes before the first fight, it's a long <laughs> night. I gotta get up and stretch. So that was kind of my. I think that happened right, right before the main card basically kicked off. So yeah, that was like the halfway mark. I got up and just kind of, uh, kind of got stroll around and stretch. Um, so I did miss that. Uh, and then, uh, but I did get back into my seat, and then uh, that's when some of our picks really started to not not look so good. Um, oh, we, yeah. we both picked Diego Sanchez, which in hindsight was probably foolish, and and more of just an, an emotional pick, which I said I wouldn't want to do. But uh, Michael Chiesa looked outstanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, dominated the grappling. Just the confidence coming out of that guy uh, is is something that is really cool at 170 because you didn't see it at 155 so much. So. I wonder, uh, I mean, there's definitely some matchups for him now, especially uh, when we get to the Askren fight up here. Um, but right before that, we had another knockout that was absolutely devastating. Jan Bl- uh Luke Rockholt. Luke came out throwing a lot of kicks early, looked good in the first uh, minute, minute or two. Um, failed on a takedown attempt that I think took something out of him. And then uh, early in the second round, Jan landed some devastating shots and uh, basically put his lights out, broke his jaw, didn't uh, didn't put him out cold. But that was as uh, dazed of a fighter as I've seen. I mean, I don't I can't even recall a fighter that I've seen that dazed and looked who didn't didn't have any idea where he was, where he wasn't completely out cold on the map. Well, his, jaw, his jaw got broken. I mean, oh, no doubt. I mean, he was yeah. blasted. He got he got hit hard got hurt obviously we didn't know he had a broken jaw at that time but it's no surprising um actually ran into yon after the fight at the hotel and uh, he was out taking some pictures had a little cut on his nose but he was good to go and and hitting the town with his crew so huge win for him um moves him to 24 and 8 and in the light heavyweight division uh right in the mix so yeah uh that brings us to the kind of the people's main event, I think is how we may have described it uh, coming into the fight. Uh, Jorge Masvidal, Ben Askren. 
whew, we both yeah. picked Askren <laughs> to win. But we, uh, I think I said uh, I had to pick Askren until I saw somebody really put him on him but put him out. And oh, yeah. Holy oh, shit, did yeah. that happen. Yeah. <laughs> Five-second so, flying EKO for him, Asphodel. Uh, it's one of those things that, that just made you be like – uh, like I said, I, I was all excited because I thought I put money on him, and then I realized I hadn't. But because uh, I mean, like I, I've said it before on this podcast, just because the, the the pits that I submit to the websites I write for doesn't mean that's who I put money on. But um, obviously, uh, yeah, that fight, man. I mean, the the I I can't help but but uh, you know, as long as we've been watching this this sport, man. I mean, it's like it, it wins like that. It's well, you can't even say that because Masvidal's been fighting for like sixteen years. He's just he's just somebody that's evolving versus someone that 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 is a specialist and, and and wants to stick to what they do and that that seems to be one of the things that was his downfall I mean not it's not just Masvidal that commented on it and and uh, Mike Brown put up the footage of him training that knee from two days before uh, that's that was part of the, his game plan but um even uh his teammate Colby Covington I wrote the article over at MMA news today commented on on um it, it's just exposing his game i mean when you fight 19 and 0 i mean and people see that 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 you're pretty much going to wrestle people and grind them out grind out victory i know he's got some finishes there but i think after a while if you don't change if you don't change your game and that's what i was alluding to with um Godella and um the same can be said for the fight we're going to talk about next but um um, yeah, it's just uh, one of those things. It's like if you don't evolve with the sport, then you're going to get, uh, you know, that's going to happen to you. Yeah, I mean, if they fought again next week, I would probably pick Ben Askren. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> it, it, the odds of that something like that yeah. happening again are pretty astronomical. And, yeah. and again, Askren didn't have a chance to put his hands on Masvidal at all. So we don't know what would have happened if there was any kind of wrestling involved in the fight. Well, it was you... obviously a great game plan. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I go watch fights live so much is to see historic shit like this. I mean, that yeah. is, that's, that's just, I mean, it, 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 it's amazing to see. And then you sit there and you go, ah, well, I didn't get to see a great fight, but I got to see something that was just mind blowing. I mean, it yeah. had the arena just going, you know, just unbelievably the arena blew up people looking at each other like what the heck just happened i mean just just it's what you get when you go to these shows if you, and 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 not just ufc that could have happened at a at a regional show but just for a fight of this level with so much hype behind it yeah to see it actually happen and then to see it listed at five seconds when in reality it was like two seconds two and a half seconds they it was just the referee took uh Herzog took a few steps to have to get in there. If it was, uh, if it was yeah. something where they just said he's out, the fight ends. It would have literally been like a two-second knockout, which is, mm. which is, which is insane. But so, were, were you at? Uh, I know you were all over. Did you make it the open workouts or no? No, I got into town. I was planning on the open workouts before I got invited to the MMA awards. Oh, okay. Once I got invited to the MMA awards, I didn't have time to do both. So, so the reason why I'm asking is because I saw footage of Askren at the open workouts. Someone was holding pads for him and, and trying to like uh, have him hit pads, and, and they were throwing back. And he got touched so much that people were commenting on the video. They were like, "I hope he doesn't do this in the fight against Masvidal, or if he's or if he's trolling us or what, because you know that means he's going to get knocked out." I mean, obviously none of that happened. He just got knocked out. But um, 
I don't know. I, 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 I thought he was just like trolling folks because that's all he's been doing since he's been in the UFC. He's uh, marketing himself well, but uh, even the way he's handling the wa- the losses is cool. But I mean, you know, everyone's now questioning the legacy of of, of Ben Askren. Well, that's the. I, I I hate hearing that. First of all, that's one of the downsides of going to live events is being around a bunch of morons. And I've <laughs> said it about MMA fans: we're the worst in the world when it comes to yeah, that's true. stuff. And I and I understand that there's your fans of certain fighters. I had some moron sitting right behind me that was basically cheering for Ben Askren to be dead, you know, and, <laughs> and that kind of shit, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. And he's sitting there and calling people casual fans and the next fight rolls around and he's calling her damn Holly Holmes. I finally, tur- <laughs> I finally turned around to him and I said, are we rooting for Holly Holmes or Amanda Nunez is? Because I just don't, you know, <laughs> I just, I'm going, you're calling, you know, and it, it Dude had tattoos yeah. all over his face. He wasn't somebody that I wanted to get involved with in the upper level of a of, yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of upper deck sitting <laughs> behind me. But I'm just going, Jesus, dude. I mean, so that's the downside. That's yeah. the rant right there. Um, is that a lot of these fight fans are morons? It's happens in football. It's it's all fight. It's all sports fans. Uh, but when it's you go always, live, sometimes you have to wonder where they. Because like even when I do media, like I remember uh, Kayla Harrison. She fought New Year's Eve here in the Garden. I covered that event for. Um, for uh, frontproof media, and um, I remember so like the the press row was literally inserted into the into the crowd, and I heard some guy when she walked out, some guy was like, "That's Holly Holmes," and I, was, <laughs> I I just looked over my shoulder. I'm like, like wrong weight class, wrong promotion, wrong like. So sometimes you have to wonder if they won their ticket and just or wandered in or something. Yeah, like. I don't know. I mean, in Vegas, I think you get a different crowd because of the drinking and and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that was New Year's Eve, so drinking was definitely involved. So it's the same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it's not everybody. I mean, most of the fans are good. It's just with the, the bad fans are just – and it's just obnoxious. I mean, it was obviously he was drinking because he was – well, he was he was calling people casuals for wanting the stand-up in the Diego Chiesa fight. And then the 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 beginning – and then it, there was like two fights later, I think it was the uh, – I can't remember. It might have been the beginning of the Jan Rockbolt fight. Yeah. And he's literally yelling that he came to watch a fight, not two dudes dance around. And I'm just going, what are you talking about, dude? Yo, don't even... <laughs> you, don't even want to know, you don't even want to know about the guy that was near me and Jason Burgos when we were covering the Bellator at the Garden. <laughs> I, I like, I can't even, I can't even, I'd, I'd have to show you in person. That's all I'll say. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's definitely an experience when you're when you're there to be serious about the sport that you love, and and there's some Yahoo <laughs> yeah. within within earshot of you. So. Yeah. So if you were sitting in section two hundred five, seat uh, uh, ten, yeah, don't don't be sitting by me at any more events. But uh, so that was the most of it all. Askren, I don't know exactly where the guys go from here. I know Askren isn't big on taking head trauma. He's talked about it in the past. I think he's fine financially. Uh, I personally, yeah. uh, Michael Chiesa is an interesting fight, but I think the fight that I'd like to see is Damian Maya. I think Maya Askren is a, is an interesting fight. Oh because yeah, it puts yeah. it puts Maya where he wants to be most likely, mm-hmm. and, and it puts Askren against a, a master of jujitsu who I can't off the top of my head. I mean, 
Diego Lima and stuff, but nobody, no submission master so much in jiu-jitsu. Um, so it'd be a different kind of match for him. Plus, it would allow his brain probably to heal a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was out. He was out as long as I've seen somebody out. I mean, he came to a, a life again, kind of shaking on the mat. Didn't look like he knew where the hell he was at. So um, I, I think that would be a fun fight. Aaron uh, Aaron Brun- Brunster of TSN actually pitched one just before we started recording. Um, he said uh, he, uh, he wouldn't mind seeing uh, Askren versus Darren Till, considering he went to the UK to to you know kind of like poke fun at Masvidal and Till when they fought. So um, I, I feel like that's not a bad idea either. That fight has a built-in storyline to it. Um, here's my issue with that fight: uh, Till's lost two in a row. Getting mm-hmm. wrestled and beat is not good for him going three and zero. So has Askren, according to George Masvidal. <laughs> Correct, but Askren's, <laughs> Askren's taken some heavy brain trauma yeah, yeah. from Lawler and Masvidal. Yeah. If he loses to Till, it's likely to be the same kind of scenario. Yeah. And I mean, we potentially see the end of one of their careers if they fight each other. Oh, I'd much, sure. I'd yeah. much rather see both of them pick up a win or another fight and then meet up. Uh, that's how I would. That's how I would do it. Otherwise, you 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 eliminate one of them basically from the whole MMA scene. Either Askren gets obliterated again and he's done forever, or or Till loses three in a row. And at that point, I mean, I guess he moves up to 185 or, you know, he's in Bellator or, or, or one or something at that point. But um, Masvidal, on the other hand, I, you know, you got Lawler and, and Colby. Uh, I know people don't like Colby Covington, but uh, it's hard to deny that he really deserves a title shot, especially if he's able to beat Robbie Lawler on August 3rd. Um you know, people should. I, I I like the sport better when it's actually earned, and, and it's a situation where he's actually earned the title fight. So, mm-hmm. um, people who disagree with him and his his antics or his politics or whatever, I don't think that should have a whole lot uh, of say who gets the next title shot. Masvidal can either wait around for it, but personally, if I was Masvidal coming off a five second fight where he took no damage, and right now he's he's the hot the hot shit right now, I would strike while it's while it is hot yeah. and. Uh, and try to get another fight um, at 170. It'll never happen, probably. But man, I'd love to see Masvidal and uh, Conor McGregor fight. Oh yeah, would, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. That I mean, that would sell like hotcakes. Uh, that's right main now, event, make right an interim now, title. Yeah. Right now, yeah. that's the fight. I mean, I would even take Masvidal to, to Ireland and do that. Do that in Ireland. Um, yeah. But. It makes no sense. We'll probably see Kiesa get the title shot, yeah. and uh, you know, Masvidal <laughs> probably so you can say his name eighty more times. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking though of uh, of dominant champions, uh, I picked Holly Holm. I didn't think that was uh, that Holly was, Holmes. Holly Holmes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but Amanda Nunes uh, cements her legacy. Really yeah. is. I mean, I don't know. You can really deny that. That, that is a woman on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. Greatest female fighter of all time at this point. Uh, I don't see any other real close competition. Uh, Cyborg, uh, Ronda had a run, but uh, I mean, she, uh, head kick knockout first Ooh. round. Yeah. Uh, I thought home came out fighting well in the beginning. I, I, I know the crowd was a little bit. Uh, that's what the guy behind me was booing about. He was booing <laughs> about her movement. You know, but he didn't like her because she was white. He said she was just a stupid little white girl. So uh, <laughs> it, was, it was one. Of, it was one of those situations. Yeah. Uh, but I thought she came out well. I thought she would. You know, she kept her distance. 
she was she was throwing some stuff. I thought that was the key, um, not to feed into to Nunez. And I think she just kind of got a little too happy and started getting a little too aggressive and, and allowed Nunez to, to really time yeah. her. And, and then the, the, the kick from hell came and put her yeah. on her butt. Well, that's one of the things that Nunez said at the at the post-fight press conference. She actually said she expected she expected to be chasing home. Um, <clears throat> she expected that she, that she would have to chase her a lot, and she thought she would be utilizing footwork and movement more. But it seemed like she went the other route and decided to you know uh, you know just stand her ground and try to trade with her. Um, which is, I, I honestly, I was shocked too. I thought the fight would. I actually, I was expecting that one to be. One of the ones that went the distance, not a first-round finish, which, like you said, though, it just cements how good Amanda Nunes is, and and like I honestly don't, I don't even know who 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 she could, should fight next. Maybe the Cyborg rematch, only because I feel like Cyborg um, took her lightly, so I'd like to see a, a, a serious uh, mindset Cyborg fighter, but um, I don't know. Cyborg fights to July 27th against, I believe it's Felicia Spencer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, that's essentially the number one contender fight for the 145. If Cyborg wins, I think that that's definitely the fight for Nunez. Cyborg would be somebody who, who would deserve a shot. However, I believe it is also Chris Cyborg's last fight on her contract. Yeah, yeah. And that could definitely throw things off because I don't think she is uh, – at this point of her career, I don't think she's necessarily looking to sign a long-term deal with the UFC. I, no. Uh, and she might. They, if they yeah. offer her the title fight and some big money, but yeah. there's they kinda treat her like They kind of treat her like shit, though. So I wouldn't blame her if she didn't want to re-sign with them, regardless of what she did. The only reason I would be her and I'd resign is for the shot to, to get redemption against Nunes. If yeah. that's not if that's not on her mind or something that's bothering her on a day to day basis, I would uh, I would definitely jump ship. I think she can make a huge payday uh, fighting off fight here or two in Ryzen, um, or uh, or or I mean one doesn't have anything for her. PFL if they're offered million dollar contracts, I mean she would be the heavy favorite most likely yeah. in, in any weight class from 145 to 250. So, uh, you know, that's there. Um, Bellator, obviously, yeah. Julia fights out, out there for her, uh, Bud defense her title this Saturday. Um, if she's able to do that, that starts to become a, a talking point. I don't know. Um, but yeah, they treated her like crap. Uh, I don't really know the reason behind it. I don't think there's any real reason behind it, except, they just don't think she's pretty enough to to be somebody that they really want to get behind. I know it sounds crazy, but I, I no, but I mean, not that's crazy. The, that's the reality it, of yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. I mean, that's something that um that Dana White addressed in the post fight press conference when he when he was uh, taking a shot at Darren Ravel when he said how how uh, talked about how the, um, Amanda Nunes isn't marketable, and um you know Dana White took a shot at him, but. I mean, I, I don't even know anything about that Ravel guy, but the the fact of the matter is, is Amanda Nunes has always been marketed poorly, and uh, you know, Lord knows what the motivation or the the non motivation behind that is. But I mean, when you think back to uh, the Rousey comeback when she knocked her out, you know, like it was all Ronda Rousey promotion, and you had a sitting champ with the with the belt that was barely even being promoted. That's one of the comments that Nunez made leading up to the fight. She was like, "I'm used to being the underdog," and and um, she she keeps on, she keeps. I mean, 
this goes back to what we were saying with fighters like Fedor and stuff like that. You know, like you don't you don't necessarily have to be a clown or, or trash talk or whatever. If you start racking up wins, people will start to recognize how good you really are. And and Amanda Nunes is somebody that I mean, she's marketing herself by winning. So yeah, and I mean, I mentioned earlier she she cleaned house at the awards show, which were again fan voted. The arena was heavily on her side. I mean, home had her, her her fans, but I would say it was at least you know sixty five percent to to thirty five percent for for Nunez. Uh, she was the heavy Betty favorite, which means people are putting money on her. I I, I again I picked home to win, uh, but. I've seen Nunez win the belt. I've seen her defend the belt now. I've seen her, you know, a big chunk of her career. And she's one of the most exciting fighters in the world to watch. Man, woman, any weight class. Uh, and I did see that also in Dana White uh, commenting on that. And that's a little rich because Dana hasn't done it. He, he can, I don't think anything Darren Ravel said was necessarily wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an opinion, which means it can't be wrong. One, but uh his stance was that it would basically be better for the UFC if home won because it would give him a somebody else to to, to promote heavier. And uh, I can't really blame him for that. I mean, Holly Holm has gotten what four title shots. She's really only won what four fights in the UFC. And she's got four title shots or something. So yeah. it's obvious that the UFC is is likes that idea. Um, and and again, Nunez, she has headlined some events, but nothing. Uh, the last few have been riding the coattails. I mean, uh, of John Jones, essentially. Yeah. The fact that the fact that Amanda Nunes, Chris Cyborg wasn't a main event is kind of mind blowing, uh, in, in a sense. Yeah. Uh, now she can put on stacked cards, and I'm sure she doesn't mind it at all, because, well, there was a time. I don't know now with the the, the pay per view points now for uh, ESPN Plus, but I mean Nunes is great. I don't know who else she fights. Cyborg. Um, uh, your girl Duran to me and Aspen Ladd <laughs> uh, headline this Saturday's uh, UFC yeah. Sacramento card. Uh, Aspen Ladd is undefeated and tough. Uh, I don't think I don't think she brings enough to the table right now to beat Nunez. Duran to me could be an interesting fight. I know that's dangerous considering what we saw with her in home, but yeah. <laughs> style, stylistically, I think it's not a bad matchup for her. Her being a uh, essentially a striker or basically a completely a striker and and that's how Nunes has been doing all her damage so yeah it could be a fun fight to watch um but i think cyborg is the fight to make yeah but uh we'll and then see. we that yeah so that that was exciting we had you know the, the flying knee knockout the head kick knockout the rock Holt getting murdered in the cage and then that, <laughs> that brought us you know and then we had the main event uh john jones tiago santos you pick santos to win and uh Man, I gotta give you credit. I scored it for Santos, and I know a big chunk of the crowd did. I haven't really paid attention much to the online stuff, um, and mainly the online stuff is heavily favored towards John Jones. Yeah, uh, because he has a lot of uh, he's got a lot of fans. Uh, I I'd have to watch it on film, but I'll tell you what: sitting in that crowd, I would have a hard time finding a second round to give John Jones. I know mm. people. I know people are saying it's three to two. I I felt like there was rounds where John Jones didn't even throw a punch. Yeah, and, and, I, and I was sitting next to Jones fans that were even commenting, going, "Oh, he's rope a dope, and oh, he's gonna wear him out." And by about the fourth round of that fight, we're looking at each other and going, "Dude, John Jones isn't doing anything. He's lost this fight unless he gets finished." So, yeah, you know, judges didn't, didn't agree and gave it to him uh, by a split decision. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I was looking at the scorecards too. I mean, uh, the funny thing was, I, I the first and second round, I, I gave the first round of Santos. The second round, I, I thought was a ten nine for Jones, and then after that, I was kind of just like I stopped scoring and I was just watching the technique and the fight. And I, I saw when, um, when, uh, when Santos tweaked his knee, which I, I mean, you know, I guess because when you fight somebody with that lengthy frame that jones has it, it messes with your own footwork and 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 trying to enter that space and do damage without taking any so um because so there's one one kick he threw was one of the he, and he kept throwing them which is crazy because when you find out what happened after with all the ligaments and basically his left knee being destroyed um the stand that was the standing leg for that for that kick if i'm if i'm not mistaken oh no it was, it was the one he was throwing the inside leg kick that kept landing that messed up jones's leg I was just like, wow! Like I, I, I saw it happen because he didn't, he didn't pivot on one of them, one of the really hard ones he threw, and I just saw his whole leg shift, and I was just like, oh, that that knee's that knee's done. Yeah, and, um, yeah, and and I was just like, Jesus! Like the fact that he kept throwing it, and I mean that's why he fell uh, in later rounds when he was throwing the higher kicks because he's he's pretty much fighting on one leg, but still throwing like with with the intent to finish. I mean, man, if if he's going to be out for if if they ever face each other again, he's not going to be the same guy. I mean, it's just a shame because, um, yeah, I mean, the, the split decision, I was I was uh, I honestly I think my heart was going my heart rate jumped uh, when they were announcing the decision because uh, I, I kind of didn't really I saw it as, as a split decision by the end of the fight. And I really didn't I really couldn't I, I had a feeling Jones was going to win, but I was going to. I was going to explode inside of the bar I was watching and if, if uh, Santos did win, especially because I did bet money on him. He was plus 500. I would have made some nice money if he did win. Yeah. No, I just didn't. Uh, I mean, I actually won a couple bucks on that fight because I had Jones at the back end of a smaller parlay, but I, I just, I didn't see it. I, again, I'd have to watch on film being there live is a totally different experience. And I was rooting for Santos. So even though I had money on Jones, I was, I was, pulling for the upset so yeah I, that can always you can always be a little bit biased when something's that close and it was obviously yeah. close um first round i thought was santos i i thought santos won the second round i felt like at least being there live i thought santos won the second round more than he won the first round mm. which obviously is not how the world saw it or at least some of the judges um third round i felt was jones fourth round i thought was a toss-up and then fifth round i thought was santos so I can see how it went both ways. I mean, I don't think it was a, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a full-on bank robbery. But I just, I, I, I thought Santos won. I thought Jones, most of his, you know, they show the stats and everybody goes, oh, we'll see Jones landed more stuff. Well, no, that's kind of irrelevant because uh, I feel like Jones really controlled. I think it was the third round where he he probably threw, ha- or landed three quarters of his of his punch stats. Um, and that was the round Santos was coming off the leg and, he, yeah. and it seemed like Jones smelled some blood. I was baffled by the fact that Jones never tried to take down the whole fight. I felt like if Jones takes him down one, I don't think Santos is going to get up because his one leg's not there. And second of all, I think everybody kind of thought Jones would take him down and obliterate him within about a minute once they hit the ground. And I still think if they fought again, if Jones takes him down, the fights, the fight's not even going to last around. So I don't know. Uh, you want me to 
Okay, I guess I can come out and say it. I want, is this John Jones when he's not on drugs? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Is this knows? the most clean John Jones we ever saw? And that's what we that's what that's what he is a a a good fighter, but not you know more on par with somebody like Tiago Santos. I yeah. mean, does that does that John Jones beat that John Jones doesn't beat Cormier? No, that John no, Jones. Doesn't. I mean, does that? I mean, he beats. You know, I mean, I I don't know. I thought Jones had lost the fight, so I, maybe I was jumping a little ahead. I mean, the light heavyweight division's not not exactly stacked, but um, does that John Jones beat Israel Adesanya? If they're standing like that yeah. the whole fight, yeah. Does he beat Robert Whitaker? I mean, these are guys that are that are lighter than him, and I'm going. You know, I don't know. Uh, Chris Weidman stands in there at that. If if John Jones fights like that and doesn't bring it, I mean, John Jones' advantage has always been his wrestling. He has these flashy strikes and stuff, but his bottom line is just like George St. Pierre, when it came down to it, the wrestling is what wins some fights. And considering that he took down Gustafson in the, I believe it was the end of the first round of, uh, in, in the end of December and just obliterated him on the ground. You now see him where in theory, he's much cleaner and he has to go five rounds against Anthony Smith, yeah. essentially a middleweight. Again, fighting at light heavyweight, but somebody who made a career at middleweight, and Tiago Santos, who is only four fights into his light heavyweight career after having 25 fights or 23 fights at middleweight. So he's not, it's, let me put it this way I can see why John Jones doesn't want to fight in Ganu at heavyweight now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you why know. he says if, if he does, I mean, he, he, that's why he wants a lot of money because, I mean, he knows that's going to be a career changing if, uh, he goes to heavyweight fighting Ghana or Cormier, who's undefeated at heavyweight. Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, um, uh, he took some damage in the fight too, so we probably won't see him till, you know, maybe November if we see him again this year. He, uh, the... I saw he had a six-month suspension, so he's done until next year. Oh, okay, yeah. So, oh, that's right, that's right. I did see that too. So, yeah. So that's it for that. That's that's that. Um, and if Cormier, if Cormier is going to make the Stipe fight his last fight, then. You know, that's that that'll be that for that that story. But I mean, um, I don't know, man. I I, I think the the saddest part of that whole thing is is Tiago. Did you see this picture Tiago Santos put up on social media today? He's sending his his son home to Brazil because he can't leave because he's got to stay here and get his knees mended in uh, Las Vegas. So that was kind of like messed up for me to see. I was like, oh, geez, this guy, man. And, you know, I I was all. I was talking uh, Tiago Santos was going to be the new champ right up until, uh, you know, obviously Saturday happened. But um, it is what it is, man. It's the na nature of the beast. The sport's going to go on. Um, so we'll see what happens, uh, obviously, um, this weekend. Uh, the, ne the next big pay-per-view is uh, the Anaheim one with uh, Cormier and Stipe. So, yeah, I mean, that was it. That was a great, great night of fights, though. I mean, I'm glad you were there. One of us was there for it. I mean, uh, you're you're the West Coast guy, so ch chances are you'll you'll be there for more of them than I am. Um, it's got it's got to be something big for me to come out there. Obviously, we talked about that at the beginning of the show. Uh, didn't sound like it was uh, outside of the those fights and the, the fighters uh, only awards, which you were invited to. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, well, it's, it's, yeah, um, yeah, I. I... I would recommend it for a, it's not what it used to be, but it's still a fun time and it, it's yeah. it's several days of stuff yeah. um, between the weigh-ins and if you if you go do everything and it takes 
some dedication uh, to be able to pull off the the will to want to be around uh, that much of the fight scene over that many days. Um, yeah. Just a small correction. The actual next big pay-per-view is July 27th. UFC oh, yeah. 240. Yeah, so. uh, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, and then uh, Cyborg and uh, Flea Spencer. That's right. Um, right. And then the rest of that card is really average. So we'll, that'll be interesting. I don't think that'll kill it on, on the ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Um, also this weekend, uh, real quick before we get to something you're heading out to, uh, Bellator... I believe is Saturday. Also, uh, UFC Sacramento, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, 1FC is Friday morning uh, on the Bleacher Report app. Uh, but the week, actually, the Contender Series is taking place right now. Uh, but that, other than that, the, the other big action for this week takes place uh, your neck of the woods, Atlantic City, New Jersey. The uh, poor PF- man's Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> PFL Season 2, uh, event number 4. Uh, yeah. The Money Man, Megomed, Megomed, Karimov, headlining against Chris Curtis, uh, Kyla Harrison, Sarah Kaufman, John Howard uh, versus Ray Cooper the third. Uh, opening bout kind of had me going. Uh, Zeferino um, is on the yeah. card. Yeah. Uh, former former title contender uh, David Michaud. Really, uh, you know, you get used to seeing these guys because they all seem to be on the same cards all the time. But uh, you're heading out there tomorrow morning, correct? Yeah, I'm heading out there. No, um, uh, tomorrow evening I'll be driving. It's a two-hour drive from where I'm at, so I'll be heading out uh, when traffic dies down just so I can get there a little faster. So I won't be there for weigh-ins and stuff, but I'm covering the event for MyMMANews.com. So you can uh, follow me uh, me uh, on Twitter and uh, there for, for all the interviews and stuff that I get. Um, but, yeah, they're, they are uh, Ocean Resort. Uh, the What's his name? Bruce Dyfick that passed away. In last uh, the beginning of this year, I think, was one of the investors, and that's his property. So they're going to have three events there. This is the first of three events uh, at the Ocean Resort in Atlantic City. Um, I'll be there for two of them th- tomorrow, uh, this week's, and the, the July 25th one. And then uh, my editor is going in for the August 8th event. Did you happen to catch uh, that they actually got okay to come to Vegas in October? Did I did see that? see that. Yeah, they sent out the press release when they announced it. Um, at the MGM Grand, I believe they're holding the uh, October. That's actually, uh, I, I, I thought about going out there because that's in my, my, my birthday's in October. I was like, oh, I should go out there for that. But, uh, you know, that that would ruin my California plans if I do that. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's what, three weeks in a row. So it'd be kind of yeah. hard to, uh, it's not something, you, it'd be hard to go catch them all. You'd yeah. Lose your mind in Vegas over three to four weeks. But um, I think they have a Halloween show, which is uh, is a bit tempting. Um, but yeah, I saw that, and, and Vegas okayed them for uh, multiple fights in a night, yeah. which uh, we haven't seen. The semifinals, yeah. I don't think we've ever seen that in Nevada uh, outside of uh, K1, so um, that's kind of cool. I look I look forward to that. I don't know if I'll be able to make any of them, but uh, I'd like to see them working their way back west coast and, and kind of spreading the love around a little bit. And keep yeah, because the they, they did everything up and down the east coast. I mean, they were in... This time last year, I covered them when they were in D.C. the first time, and um, that was uh, an experience. They did a Fourth of it was the week the weekend of Fourth of July, um, and I, I, as much as I enjoyed it, but uh, it is nice to see them expand out west for the first time. That goes to show that uh, the pro fight league, professional fighters league, is growing. I mean, and I definitely like the format, man. You can't you can't deny the format. I mean, it takes out trash talk, politics, rankings. The, 
nothing you know nothing gets in the way of fighting and winning and and earning your your way to their you know their season ender which is the million dollar and the title that you get for the weight class you win yeah they did have the one random event last year where they came to long beach for one show um which yeah. was kind of, uh which was kind of That's weird right. because right. I forgot it was about just that. it was just a one-off event which as i think was the only one west of you know anywhere west of texas you know that they had an event so i know that uh, when they were the world series of fighting they were successful up in the washington area so it'd be kind of cool to maybe see them get an event up there um southern california supported them uh i think that's the majority of their events i'm trying to think they had they had one in vegas uh world series of fighting one uh and i think maybe a couple of the other early ones were in vegas so uh so that's cool like you said to see them spreading out and, uh, and and get a name for themselves. Uh, I am starting to notice their name getting thrown out there when I go to events now. People are mentioning watching the PFL or, or at least asking about it I, just in chatter. So uh, I think that's good for the, the for their organization and just good for the sport of MMA that uh, we're at a point now where it's not just the UFC so much. Uh, like I said, uh, you had a couple of one guys winning fighters only awards. Uh, so they're getting their name out there. Bellator's doing their thing. Uh, Ryzen's there for the, the people that that are, are hardcore uh, Japanese MMA fans. So that's available to them. And, and then you got PFL and UFC both on ESPN. Uh, it's re- it's really a good time to be a fighter and, and be a fight fan if you want to uh, if you want to get in and about different price ranges, different kind of venues, uh, different rule sets. It it's it's anybody that's super into the sport right now. Yeah. It's a good time to, to check and, everything out. And it's a great time to subscribe to a really dope podcast like this one, the coast to coast combat hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up. Uh, we'll be looking forward to, uh, hearing your, uh, your, your seeing your tweets and, and any, uh, interviews you're able to pull off, uh, post fight, uh, that can be seen, uh, at Carbazal on, on Twitter, uh, at Combat Hour uh, is is the show's Twitter handle. Uh, you're at Carb Beers All on Instagram, and and you can follow me at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. I almost felt famous. Uh, Caposa uh, uh, made a comment about some of my Masvidal pictures, and I got more likes and retweets. I think for any tweet uh, that I've ever put out. So yeah, uh, those were nice. I saw those. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've. I've I got some cool pictures on that so i'm gonna try to focus more maybe i'll even get a combat hour uh instagram uh and really really blow it up with uh with a bunch of my event pictures because i did i do do a pretty good job not to pat myself on the back but i do i do all right getting those uh, yeah man the, do it the nosebleed section so maybe i'll start doing that seeing if we can uh help pick up some uh some fans and viewers uh through a bunch of instagram posts so until then, Ed, uh, travel safe and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you about the Atlantic City experience. <laughs> you'll have, you'll hear a lot. <laughs> All right, later. Late. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions. And the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, Thanks again for listening. 
And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.